Hello and welcome to the Lloyd's List podcast. My name is Anastasios Adamopoulos and I'm a news reporter at Lloyd's List. This podcast is sponsored by Hyde Marine, the US-based ballast water treatment system manufacturer and service provider. The coronavirus pandemic has overshadowed and at times complicated the implementation of crucial new regulations that have come into full effect over the past year. One of those is the IMO's Ballast Water Management Convention. Today, we are talking with Christopher Todd, Executive Director at Hyde Marine and Cargon Carbon UV about the BWTS market, the impact of the pandemic, and the future for BWTS manufacturers. So Chris, obviously we've been through a tumultuous year with the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm wondering what the impact has been on the ballast water treatment system market. You know, how have you seen owners and operators handle the operational disruptions brought on by the pandemic? Uh, and what broader implications have you seen thus far? That's a, that's a really good question. The, the maritime industry as a whole has been quite significantly impacted by, uh, by the global pandemic. So when you consider the impact of reduced economic output on trade that, that gives a, a need for fewer ships to be making transits. You know, right at the outset, we had oil prices that dropped significantly. They've recovered somewhat, but not back to where they were uh, pre-pandemic levels. So you have the offshore markets have been hit pretty hard by, by the drag on oil prices. Uh, I saw some data last week that showed that roughly half of all the cruise ships in the world are in a layup status currently. Uh, so, you know, across mm-hmm. these different sub-segments of the maritime industry, they, they've been hit pretty hard. Usually, or I should say oftentimes, you know, when one sector of the marine market isn't doing so well, there are other sectors that offset and, and are doing okay. It seems to be pretty broad-based right now. So, you know, how that carries over into the ballast water treatment system market, you know, the, the impact is obviously pretty substantial because so many shipping companies are, are struggling financially right now. It's, it's hard for owners to commit funds to do the required upgrades for ballast water treatment systems. It gives them the environmental compliance that they need, but, you know, the equipment, the, the treatment systems don't add to the ship owner's bottom line. So it's a really tough push right now for them to have to make this investment when they're struggling financially. So we, we get the feeling, we, we think that the market is feeling that there's a lot of retrofit decisions that are being postponed for as long as possible. So that's sort of how we look at what's been going on in the market this year as a result of the pandemic. Of course, the, the impact, as you mentioned, has been across the board. And I'm, and I'm wondering how has it affected Hyde Marine and, and how have you handled the fallout? So, um, you know, the good news was was back towards the outset of the pandemic in April, we did finally receive our U.S. Coast Guard type approval. So amidst all of the challenges, we had, you know, some really bright spot news, uh, so to speak. We've fortunately been able to remain fully operational throughout the whole pandemic. Early on, we implemented the recommended and necessary safety precautions for our factory staff so that, you know, they've been allowed to continue working. We can continue serving customers. 
they're they're really our frontline people, and I I and and me and my colleagues we appreciate them very much. Uh, all our office staff has been working remotely uh, throughout this time. I've got a lot of people that are really aching to get back out on the road to meet with clients. You know, hopefully we can start doing that in the near future. Um, and as well, our, our field service staff has been able to continue traveling to customer sites as as needed. What's what's been a little bit more challenging from the maritime perspective is that certain countries have implemented mandatory quarantine periods. So if a ship owner wants you to travel to a place that has such a thing, it's really difficult to block out a you know a, a two week mandatory quarantine period before you're able to travel to the ship. So that's that's a tremendous impact to to servicing in the maritime industry today. One of the things that we built into our new High Guardian Universal Service System is a remote access feature, uh, and this comes. This is built into every unit, and what that allows us to do are technicians sitting at the factory can uh, remotely troubleshoot, provide crew support, and that's hugely impactful in these current times when we maybe can't easily get to a ship that's in a in a you know location that's that's difficult to travel to as a result of uh, travel restrictions. So we think that's going to even become a, a stronger, more popular feature going forward, even post-pandemic times, because it's going to save ship owners a lot of money. If we can diagnose problems with the system remotely, a lot of times we'll be able to prevent having to send a technician at all, or at least when we do have to send a technician, we'll know he'll have uh, the right parts and tools necessary to do the work based on our ability to, to get into uh, the system remotely. So, yeah, they, we, we strongly believe in this remote access feature. Uh, it allows us to see exactly what the crew sees. We can review the data logs for alarm history, see what's been going on with it. Uh, we can even perform crew training remotely through this remote access feature. So we, we think this will be a really powerful tool going forward. Chris, we are now a year into the full application of the IMO's Ballast Water Management Convention. What are some of the lessons around operations and compliance that you have learned as a company? I think one of the, the main takeaways for us is we have reaffirmed our choice of using UV dose is our uh, system design limitation rather than UV intensity. And, and it might be worth explaining some, some definitions for, for listeners who might not understand why, why these things are important and, and why we talk about them. So, you know, for example, we, we use the term UVT. It's UV transmissivity. That's basically saying how how receptive is a water source to allowing UV photons to go through it? And then UV intensity is simply the measurement of how many of those photons go from a light source to, to the measuring sensor. Uh, and then UV dose is basically UV intensity times the time of exposure. So, you know, it incorporates flow rate into it. Well, what we noticed from a lot of the original type approval applications that were made to Coast Guard, most of the UV manufacturers had chosen UV intensity as their system design limitation. And what that means is 
a lower quality water source, the UV intensity starts to drop. And if it drops below what the design limitation is for that system, they, they can't reduce flow rate. It's just a matter of what the UV intensity is that they're seeing. So the option is basically shut down the system and move to a cleaner water source. And that's really problematic for ships that, that they can't you know, complete their ballast operation when they get into challenging water. So one of the things that we did with our Guardian Universal Service System was to, we selected UV dose as the, as the system design limitation. And what that allows us to do, we can automatically reduce the flow rate through the system such that we can maintain our, our dose delivery, UV dose delivery for the system as required with our type of so we can continue operating, uh, albeit a reduced flow rate, down to very low quality waters. And, and we're starting to hear more and more from the field about situations where this is really important. So I, I think you know, ship owners who have some idea of where their vessels might be traveling to, uh, before they select the system, they kind of need to understand what water qualities they're going to deal with in a particular port. And, and whether the system that they're choosing has the capability to operate in that type of water quality. And it's only impactful if you're getting into places where water quality becomes poor. That's one big takeaway from us is our choice of design limitation has been uh, reaffirmed for us that that was the, the right way to go, the right direction to go. We also incorporated a treatment alarm into our control system. Uh, we don't believe that anybody else has uh, a similar type of thing. And what the treatment alarm does is it indicates when our system is operating outside of the boundaries of our type of food. So, you know, no, no system works in all waters all of the time. But when our system can tell you that you might not be treating the, the uh, ballast water to the type of proof standard, that's the point at which you can take a, a note in the uh, ship's ballast water log. You can say, you know, a number five port tank is receiving water that's that's questionable. And then once they leave that port, they can exchange that water uh, and continue with their ballast operations. So it's, it's just another tool that we're providing to the crew uh, to allow them to properly manage their ballast water. And we think that's a, a first in the industry. Through your involvement with the Ballast Water Equipment Manufacturers Association, also known as BEMA, you have a more holistic view of where the BWTS industry is now. Where do you think system suppliers have made the most progress and what could be done better? Yeah, so uh, BEMA's been in existence for uh, a little over two years now, I think. You know, one of the key emphasis for the organization right now is trying to get certified as one of the non-governmental organizations that can sit at IMO meetings. We feel as an, as an industry group that it's important to uh, have a voice and have participation in the goings-on at the IMO level. So that's one of the major focuses there right now. And I think one of the, one of the major activities of the last couple of years has been trying to provide the technical support to, to the shipping industry that they want to see out of the ballast water industry is in general. So, you know, coming up with, with 
you know, general approaches uh, for different technologies and providing impartial technical advice from BEMA to the shipping community. Uh, I think that's been uh, a, a pretty important focus on that. I think we are almost a little bit surprised how much they wanted to consult with BEMA. So, you know, I, I think we we could be doing more. It's just that the, the demand for support and information is at a level that uh, uh, maybe exceeds our mutual capacity to provide everything that they would like to see. But uh, by and large, I think BEMA has a, a really successful venture so far in uh, in in representing the ballast water treatment makers and, and sub suppliers. Um, I see. I see. And and of course you you have an important stake in the market and I think people will be curious to know I, I miss everything else going on in the world this year. What is next for for Hydrogen? Well right now we're just trying to continue to get the message out about why our high Guardian Universal Service System is so good. <laughs> you know, we we took really great pains over a long period of time to build in features that that allow it to be easy to use, um, reliable. Um, you know, we we incorporated intuitive design into it such that it doesn't take a substantial amount of crew training to be able to operate the system. All of the features are are automatics, so all, all the all the operations that you do during ballasting, deballasting, stripping, it's all automated. Um, so we incorporated the valves, the components, and control logic to be able to do things simply. You know, I already talked about remote access, how we built that in to to provide a better service experience for customers. The uh, the control system can be easily integrated into vessel automation through various uh, uh, communication protocols. Uh, so so that's you know again another automatic feature built into the product. So when you say what's next for Hive Marine, we're just still trying to communicate to the market about what makes the product good. You know, and then of course along with that, we're we continue to work to expand our our manufacturing capacity, our supply capacity, uh, growing our service network further, uh, all those things that, that uh, result from from a natural growth in, in the base of the business. So those are kind of the things that we're focusing on right now. Well, that's very interesting and we'll definitely be, fo- be following um, Hyde Marine and, uh, and your progress over the next few months. It's always good to hear from market leaders, especially in the thought leadership arena. So I want to thank you very much for giving us your time today, Chris, and uh, we'll be speaking soon. Thank you, Anas. Thank you to Lloyd's List for this opportunity. And uh, we look forward to, to getting feedback from any of uh, your listeners to, uh, to talk more about ballast water and what we can do to uh, help them into compliance.